began a series last week called the Christmas Breakthrough Series, the Jesus Ancestry, looking at Matthew chapter 1. Let's read it. This is the scroll of the lineage and birth of Jesus, the anointed one, the son of David, and descendant of Abraham. Last week, we talked about Abraham. We're trying to find out who are the people in this ancestry, ancestry ancestry.com, the Jesus version. That's what we're doing here, ancestry.com, the Jesus version. And we looked at Abraham, and Abraham was the quintessential altar builder. We talked about the altars last week. And then the second verse says this. Abraham had a son named Isaac. I want to put this in perspective. In the ancestry of Jesus, we have an altar builder, and then that's Abraham. What did Isaac do? Isaac dug up the wells. Isaac dug up the wells. So the subtitle for today would be a lineage of altar builders and well diggers. The subtext would be spring up the well. Spring up the well. Let's talk about Isaac a bit and this, this well factor. Genesis chapter 26. A severe famine now struck the land as it happened before in Abraham's time. So Isaac moved to Gerar where Abimelech, king of the Philistines, lived. The Lord appeared to Isaac and said, don't go down to Egypt, but do as I tell you. Don't do what your parents did. Verse 12 of Genesis chapter 26. When Isaac obeyed God, He planted his crops that year. He harvested a hundred times more grain than he planted. A hundred time harvest. Whoa, hundredfold. For the Lord blessed him. He became a very rich man. His wealth continued to grow. He acquired many flocks of sheep and goats, herds of cattle, Starbucks franchises, and servants of the Philistines to such a degree that the servants of the Philistines became jealous of him. Oh, wow. Haters gonna hate. So the Philistines, wow, they filled up all of, not some, but all of Isaac's wells with dirt. They threw dirt on his well. These were the wells that had been dug by the servants of his father, Abraham. Finally, the king ordered Isaac to leave the country. Go somewhere else, he said, for you have become too powerful for us. So Isaac moved away to the Gerar Valley where he set up their tents and settled down. Here comes the verse. He reopened the wells his father had dug, which the Philistines had filled in after Abraham's death. So the Philistines were actually filling in the wells. They not only hated Isaac, they hated his father. Oh, Philistines. Isaac dug up, he reopened the wells, and he restored the names that Abraham had given them. Then Isaac's servants dug in the Gerar Valley and discovered a well of living fresh water. So then, after he reopened the old wells, he dug up his own wells. You're going to get this in about 17 minutes and 44 seconds. Let me begin with the obvious. Let's begin. What is a well? Version of, this comes via the conduit of Wikipedia. A water well is an excavation or structure created in the ground by digging, driving, or drilling to access groundwater in underground aquifers. You can only access it by going deep. That's where the preacher will preach. Let's repeat that part again. You can only access it by going deep. That's where the preacher will probably repeat it till you get it. You can only access it by going deep. In a shallow world, The 
the church must go deep. Hear this. You can only access it by breaking through the dirt, the stones, the rubble, because underneath there is living water. That's powerful. The fact that underneath there is living water. Underneath the dirt and the rubble, there is living water. I don't care who you are. I don't, if you're in this auditorium right now, I don't care how much dirt they placed on you or you placed on yourself. I don't care how much dirt life placed on you. Underneath it all, there is living water. Inside of you, there is living water. I'm going to say that one more time. Inside of you, there is living water. And by the way, like wells and oil, when you dig, when you hit that aquifer, when you hit that spot, the water just doesn't bloop, bloop. It doesn't just bloop, bloop up. The word is it gushes out. I need you to put a smile on your face. Because in Jesus' name, some excavation has taken place. Oh, man. The deeper you go. I said the deeper you go. The deeper you go. Don't give up now. The deeper you go. I know you want to stop, but the deeper you go. The moment it hits that place, oh, it's gonna, there is water. There is living water coming out of you. There is life, abundant life coming out of you. I'm not supposed to preach. That is the introductory phrase. What is a well? A well is a biblical metaphor, and that's not mine. It's Jesus actually used it as a metaphor himself for both salvation through Jesus and the living water is symbolic of the precious Holy Spirit. I'll give it to you. John chapter 4, Jesus in response to a woman's query. The woman replied, but sir, you don't, have, you, you don't even have a bucket and the well is very deep. So where do you find this living water? And Jesus said, if you drink from Jacob's well, you will be thirsty again and again. But if anyone drinks the living water that I give them, they will never, ever, ever thirst again and will be forever satisfied. If you are a born-again believer and you're in this church and the blood of Jesus washed you of all of your sins and you have been made new, you are the most satisfied person on the planet. Are you with me right now? I dare you to look at your neighbor and tell him, I am satisfied. For when you drink the water I give you, not my words, Jesus, for when you drink the water I give you, it becomes a gushing fountain of the Holy Spirit springing up and flooding you with endless life. Isaiah chapter 12 verse 3 says the following, with joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. So that's the well, that's what it, the symbolic, the metaphor, it's not me, it's Jesus actually saying what it means. Point number one, if you're taking any notes, the wells of living water and the 100-fold harvest. Let me explain to you what happened. What had happened was, so he obeys God. He doesn't go all the way to Egypt like his, like his father did. He obeys God and he stops where the Philistines live, Gerar in the valley. And there, in obedience to God, God blesses him. He plants crops that year. And he harvests, his harvest is a hundred times more than his seed that very year. I, I, let me stop here and remind you that God is able. Let me stop here and remind you that our God is the God of the hundredfold harvest. 
let me stop here and remind you that God can do in one season what you have not seen in a lifetime. You missed that. God can do in a month what you haven't seen in years. God can do in a week what you haven't seen in months. God can do in a day what you haven't seen in weeks. How about this? My God is so powerful. My God is, I said, my God is so powerful. He can do in a minute. How about this? He can do in the twink, in the blinking of an eye. God can do something in your life that you haven't seen in all of your life. My God is able. He is the God. So if let me stop here and remind you that whatever you sowed this year, if you sowed prayers, praise, love, grace, forgiveness, truth, mercy, gifts, time, whatever you sowed this year, the year is yet to be over. Let me repeat that. The year is not over. So you need to believe that my God is the God of the hundredfold harvest. Pastor Sam, what are you trying to say? That's an Old Testament thing. Oh, really? You're telling me that only in the Old Testament God promised a hundredfold return harvest? By the way, don't limit this to money. The moment you limit this to money, you're shortchanging God on the things that are actually are more valuable than money. Health is much more valuable than money. Family is much more valuable than money. Integrity is much more valuable than money. Are you with me right now? Money is a tangential outcome. It's a fringe benefit. He wants to prosper you in all areas of your life in order to make you the greatest blessing. But the, the message is not the message of the prosperity. That's where people go wrong. The message is Jesus. It's the centrality of Christ who wants to bless you to make you a blessing. But you can't deny the. Let me give you the words of Jesus. Just, just to, some of you have never read this. Mark chapter 10, verse 29 and 30. Listen to my words. Anyone who leaves his home behind chooses me over children, parents, family, possessions, and all for the sake of the gospel, it will come back to him a hundred times as much. Now, I want you to underline the phrase. This is the word of God, not me now. In this lifetime. Jesus says, not when you get to heaven. Matter of fact, he says later on, in, in the age to come, and when you get to, beyond this point, you will inherit eternal life. But on this lifetime, in this lifetime, you, it will... I'm, whatever you give me, whatever you sacrifice to me, it will come back to you a hundred times in homes, in, and not only in your home, but in your family. Oh boy. How about this? Your children and your children's children and your children's 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 children will be blessed because of your decision to follow Jesus this generation. Mothers, brothers, sisters, children's possessions, and in the age to come. And if you think, Pastor Sam, matter of fact, raise your right hand. Repeat, repeat after me. I am believing God for a hundredfold harvest. Repeat after me, the well of living water and my hundredfold harvest. I am believing by faith in the name of Jesus for a hundredfold return in all aspects of my life. Not for my namesake, but for the glory of the risen Christ. So if you think I'm making this up, let me show you an example. This, as many of you are aware, by the grace of God, 1 Corinthians 15, 10, for the grace of God, I, I am serving as an executive producer of a major motion picture called Breakthrough with 20th Century Fox. The reason why this is important and completely relevant to this message is because this is a movie, as you well know, it's a movie of a of real life, medically verifiable resurrection story. But I introduced the Holy Spirit, God Christ used me to introduce it to the world. And matter of fact, this, the, full, the story... After I introduced it to the world, I have a very, one of my closest friends, Devon Franklin. I told Devon, and we're close friends be, before we did this movie. I mean, we were hanging out before the movie. 
And I told Devon, Devon, you're in the movie industry. I have a story you need to make into a movie. He laughed at me and said, oh, Pastor Sam, you're so crazy. So I said, all right. Like, all right, you can't, I'm crazy. So I had Devon come to a studio on purpose. When, when I invited the people that now the movie's about, I invited them to be my guests. I set them up. I put them in the green room. And, and I told Devon, Devon, these are the people. They're going to be on, on the show. I was doing a show for a certain network, and I was hosting. And I said, I'm going to have you on. And, and unbeknownst to him, I had them on, and I put them on together. And I had them, and he goes, oh, goes, oh these are it. And I go, like, and I go, I go Devon, you're gonna make a, we're going to make a movie of this. We're going to make a movie. And he looks at me and says, you're crazy. I left them in the green room. I called on stage. We were on live television around the world. I put them on together on stage. By the end of the recording, Devon looks at me and says, we're doing a movie. So last week, we un- this is, you'll get this, the, the whole well of living water in a hundredfold harvest. Last week, we, we, this is the first, kind of put it, the, 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 the theme of the movie is simple. Two words, Holy Spirit. Because it's about a woman who said, Holy Spirit, you know, in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, bring my son back to life. And he did. So the 20th Century Fox is a secular studio. This is 20th Century Fox. The last time, they, they, there's never been a major movie ever in, the, in world history by a secular studio about the Holy Spirit. Well, welcome. Now there is. Now, I don't know if you got that. One of the largest movie studios in the world, a secular studio, is doing a movie about the Holy Spirit. I'm going to repeat that one more time because by repeating it, it'll give the devil a big migraine. A secular movie studio is doing a worldwide release about the power of the Holy Spirit. The more you try to quench, the more you try to kill, the more you try to silence, God will find a way to show up through means and platforms and mediums and delivery mechanisms that are unorthodox. So here it is. So there's, the movie's coming out. So this week, we unleashed a trailer. And here, here's the news that we found out. We, we're unleashing the trailer to, and we're competing with the number one, the number one movie franchise in all of the world, Marvel. The Avengers, Iron Man, Spider-Man, Thor, Hulk, uh, you know, Ant-Man, Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, you name it. The whole Marvel world is a world. It's the number one movie franchise in the history of mankind. They've made so much money, it's billions upon billions of dollars. It's a Black Panther. It's just an amazing movie franchise. So the same week that we're unleashing our trailer, Marvel decides to unleash theirs. For a movie called Captain Marvel. So all, so we, Devon and I were going like, this is what, we did it. So we did it. I'm going to show you. What is that? I'm going to show you the hundredfold harvest. So Captain Marvel, they, they received seven million views, which is not bad. Millions of people viewing this trailer, it, million views, in, in the, seven million views. And, and, and in a couple days, they had... You know, 7 million views in 48 hours. That's what, you know, that's how you measure it. And that's great. So we, we un- unleashed ours and believing God for a hundredfold. Can you put up the screen? How much? Oh, 
I got to tell you is there is power in the name of Jesus. All I got to tell you is the world is hungry for a touch from heaven. All I got to tell you is there is a well of living water springing up. Are you with me right now? Somebody, if, and if God did it for a movie, he can do it for you. If he did it for Isaac, he can do it for you. If he did it for Abraham, he can do it for you. You need to believe with me that our God is the God of the hundredfold harvest. If you believe it, somebody shout amen. The wells, by the way, ask me how much, in the movie industry, you pay millions of dollars for marketing. Ask me how much we paid last week for that, that, that trailer release and that, that number. How much we paid. I can tell you the exact amount because I just got the final, final number. The final number we just got, the, the how much we paid to the cent, which, which will be pretty impressive in comparison. How much we paid to get 30 million initial views, how much we paid, because you pay millions for this, if you, anyone that knows about the industry. How, somebody want to ask me how much we paid? Nothing. I'm not kidding you. You know what we did? Devon and I, all we did is call our Christian friends and tell them, hey, do you mind like at this time tomorrow, at the same time, can you post this link on your Facebook account and on your Instagram? And can you post it, please, in the name of Jesus? All we did was get our brothers and sisters in Christ to come together around one message and we broke a record. That's the number one record for a faith film in world history. There's never been a faith film that got 30 million views on its initial trailer. What am I telling you? If the church can get together over a movie and do this, imagine what would happen if we get together and push back darkness in the name of Jesus. Imagine what we can do against every devil, demon, legion, principality, and power of darkness if we come together. If we could break a record for a movie, we could do a lot more against everything that runs up counter to the truth of the reality of God's word. I gotta hurry, gotta hurry, gotta hurry, gotta hurry. The wells of living water and the jealous Philistines. The Bible says he became so wealthy that the Philistines became jealous. Do not be distracted by the jealous Philistines. Haters gonna hate. The man became so blessed that the Philistines became jealous. Oh man, they became jealous. Came so jealous, they threw dirt on his father's well. They threw dirt and filled up the well. The enemy is throwing dirt on you because he is jealous of your praise. Because at one time he was a worshiper. But you are an upgrade. Because you worship God in spirit and in truth. The enemy is throwing dirt on you and trying to clog up your well because he's jealous of your communication with God. The fact that you can pray to God. He's jealous of the fact that when he used to talk to God, he was an angel. But when God talks to you, he calls you friend. He calls you son. He calls you daughter. Today's Philistines are those forces driven by jealousy. Jealous of the fact that we get drunk without wine. Jealous of the fact that we have a joy that cannot be taken away. Jealous of the fact that we are the head and not the tail. Jealous of the fact that we have the name that is above every other name. Jealous of the fact that when we walk into a room, it clears out. Every devil runs out. Every demon runs out. Every legion runs out. Every principality runs out. It clears out. And here comes the real point of this message. 
The wells of living water require us to dig up the wells of old. I want you to hear this. They got jealous and they, 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 this is what they did. They put dirt into Abraham's wells. And the Bible says that they attributed Abraham's wells now to Isaac. Beautiful. They said these are now Isaac's wells. But they were actually the wells that his daddy dug up. The servants of his dad, they dug up. So they came in and said, no, we hate this guy. Put dirt in the well. Clog it up. We don't want to see any more living water coming out. Any more fresh water coming out. And then this is what Isaac did. Ready for this? Isaac said, all right, y'all want me to leave? I outgrew you. You, you. I can't help the fact that I'm favored. You're, you're acting as if it were my fault. You want to blame me for something that is beyond me. This is not me. You're attacking me when it's not me. It's not my fault that I am that favored. It's not my fault that I am that blessed. You're jealous of me. If you have issues with my blessings, talk to the blesser. You should have issues with me because it's not me. It's not my fault that God spoke to my daddy and told my daddy that if my daddy followed him, he would bless him and his children and his children's children and his children's 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 children in perpetuity would be blessed. But if y'all can't handle the favor, if y'all can't handle this, you can't handle this. All right, I'll leave, but before I do, Verse 19 says, when they left, they dug up fresh wells. The, the Hebrew word there, do the biblical due, biblical due diligence, the exegetical extrapolation would be what? Living water. That they dug up a new well. Before Isaac dug up his own well, the Bible says, before he did his own, he says, before I leave, I'm going to unclog. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to redig. You all touch my daddy's wells. You put dirt in the wells that my daddy dug. And I'm not leaving here till I remove the dirt and until water comes out one more time. What am I telling you right here? I'm here to tell you. By the way, in Abraham's time, Abraham, he, he built altars and he dug wells based on two foundational premises. Number one, truth. The wells and the altars of Abraham were associated with the truth of Elohim. The truth that there's only one God. Monotheism in a world of polytheism. In a world where there were many gods. As many gods as there are Starbucks in California. All of a sudden God tells Abraham there's only one God and it's me. And the fact that Abraham believed God. It is, that is the well of truth. And the other well is the well of love because God said, not only am I your only God, but if you follow me, I'm going to love you and bless you. And, and I'm going to love you and bless you, my people, all the way till the end of time. So it's truth and love. I'm about to preach in a second here. Let me calm down. Isaac, Isaac did this. Isaac dug up a new well over here, but before he did the new well under his name, he removed the dirt from the wells they had placed in his father. We have too many people interested in doing their own thing while the wells of their father are still clogged up. I'm here to tell you that this church cannot be a kumbaya church. As God was giving me this message, this must be a church of altar builders and of well diggers. 
this has to be a church of people committed. Right now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you the Philistines of the modern age have placed dirt on the well of truth and the well of love. They have literally clogged up. The well of truth right now is clogged up with the dirt of relativism, with the dirt of fluidity. The Philistines of our day and age have clogged up the well of our fathers. We need, we need to go back to the wells that were dug by our spiritual forefathers. We need to go back. And I know he said, Pastor Sam, I am progressive. I don't give a holy hoot if you're progressive. We Sometimes we need to go back. We need to go back to, get, to bring forth clarification of the doctrine and the soundness of biblical truth and orthodoxy we need to go back to the well of truth we live in a world where there is no truth the philistines are doing this the philistines are doing this to the well of truth put the dirt in people they're putting dirt in in order to justify their own actions and their own deviancies and their own and their own flawed and their own failures and the philistines are just saying there cannot be any truth there cannot be any truth i'm looking for a church not not a kumbaya church not a Sunday afternoon church I'm looking for a bunch of Jesus freaks that are saying as for me and my house we're going to dig up the well we're going to unclog the well of truth we're going to unclog it I don't know about you but for the sake of my children and my children's children Samuel Rodriguez cannot just be a preacher he just can't be a person who gets on a microphone he can't be a person on Facebook he has to be somebody with a shovel and a drill and I need to go back and dig up the well because my children and my children's children I'm still going to tell them I'm still going to tell them hey guys I want you to hear this there's only one way to be saved and his name is Jesus I'm here to tell you that there's power in that name I'm here to tell you there are ten commandments and not recommendations I'm here to tell you that there is truth about family and hope and marriage and sexuality and eternity and integrity are there any ways diggers in the house here today if you're a well digger raise your hand if you're committed to digging up that well raise both hands I'm asking God for a church of well diggers I'm asking God for a church of altar builders like Abraham and well diggers like Isaac my God they touched my daddy's wells Isaac said, I'm not going anywhere till I unclog this. I'm going to remove the dirt they place on daddy's well. The well of truth. They're trying to mess up truth. The forces of darkness. The, I wish you would get this, man. If they could only confuse us. If you, would, if you could wake up in the morning not knowing if it's anything real in a world, a world of just perpetual variables and never a constant, nothing is fixed, everything is fluid. You wake up in the morning, every institution is rocked. There's nothing solid. It's an attack on truth. Get a shovel, man. Get a drill. Whatever it takes. The truth. I'm going to tell you about the truth. I'm going to expose the truth. The truth is going to spring up again. Go ahead. Try to hide the truth. Try to kill the truth. Try to hold hostage the truth. Woo! Try to imprison the truth. Oh, but John chapter 8 says, You will know the truth, and the truth 
will set you free. Are you with me right now? Jesus said, John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. John chapter 4 says that he seeks those who worship him in spirit and in truth. I am believing that in our generation, we're about to see a bunch of well diggers that are about to expose the well of truth to a world that is broken. In a world that is shallow, we are about to go deep and we are about to remove every single vestige of dirt and expose the truth of the risen Christ. If you are with me and you agree with me that for the sake of our children, and our children's children we have no other recourse but to dig up the well give God your best shout of praise right here somebody lift up the name of Jesus like you believe it shout unto God like you believe it lift up your hands like you believe it if you believe it look at your neighbor and tell him spring up the well spring up the well my God, the Lord is calling us to go deeper. Not shallow religion. Not shallow Christianity. God is calling us to go deep. Oh, but I want my blessing. I want my breakthrough. Isaac didn't get his new well until he first went deep in the old well. Is there anybody in this? I'm sorry for being, I'm not sorry. I'm not going to apologize. I just felt this hit me yesterday. When, when, God's, when God, I'm writing this narrative up and God is speaking to me and saying, Samuel, I just, I need well diggers. I need well diggers. I need my children to go deep, not shallow, but deep, not shallow, but deep. I heard God say, go deep, 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 go deep. How about, I'm going to speak prophetically to someone. 2019 will be the year that you go deeper than ever before in your walk in Jesus. No, I'm a, I'm, I sense an anointing. You're about to hit a place. You're about to go so deep. It's not going to percolate out. It's going to gush out. Living water is about to spring out of your home, out of your family, out of your integrity, out of your life, out of every aspect of your being. If you're ready to go deeper, I want you to raise your hands. I want you to raise your hands high. I sense God. I'm just tired of the shallow. I'm tired of, a synonym for shallow would be superficial. I'm tired of superficial faith and superficial experiences and shallow emotional exuberance. That's temporary. Some of us get blessed for a Sunday and it's, look, it's 116 and we get blessed. By 205, we lose the blessing. That's shallow. My question is, what happens when the music fades? What happens when the loud preacher is no longer on the microphone? What happens when you're no longer surrounded by hundreds of people full of the same spirit? What happens when you're facing off that devil and that demon and that legion and that depression, that anxiety, that fear? What happens? Do you go shallow or do you dig deeper? God is calling for a well digger in the house who is willing. dare you to high five your neighbor tell him I'm going deep 
tell him I'm going deep. I'm going deep. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, I'm not gonna stop till that living water gushes up, springs up. I'm not stopping. I'm not stopping. I'm not stopping. I'm not stopping. Spring up the well. Spring up the well. Spring up the well. Spring up the well. Raise your hands. Stand with me. You are standing. Those that are not standing, stand with me. Spring up the well. He said, I'm not going anywhere. They touched my daddy's well. The well of truth, the well of love. Abraham built his well and his altar around the understanding of the truth revealed by the living God Elohim. And they clogged it up. And Isaac did not permit it. I need my children and my children's children to hear the, the truth of the gospel preached. Because the Lord tarries, I need my great grandkids. And I, I'm going to be around and tell my great grandkids. I'm, I'm going to be around and I need the well to be open, to be clear. I, I'm going to be around to tell them. If the Lord tarries, I'm going to be around and. And I'm going to tell them, hey, 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 let me, let, let, me, let me show you how to pray in the name of Jesus. But, but great granddaddy, I'm fighting some stuff. I, and I tell them, I know we all fight something. We all do. But we're more than conquerors. By the way, no weapon. formed against you will ever prosper. We got to unclog this. Got to unclog it. I just can't go on living, trying to dig up my new thing and do my thing when it's clogged up the well. As you stand with me. I am passionate about this, as you can tell, because I, I can't preach it any other way because of what it really typifies. You're going to finish this year and step into next year anointed, anointed to build altars and authorized to dig up wells. Amen. Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16. I'll conclude with this. Stop at the crossroads and look around. Ask for the old godly way and walk in it. Travel its path and you will find rest for your souls. <sighs> the well of truth. The well of love. That God told Abraham, I'm going to love you and bless you if you do what I tell you to do. And boy, it's going to last forever. I want you to hear this. The well of love has been clogged with the dirt of lust. We confuse Love for lust and lust for love. And the well of love has been clogged with the dirt of unforgiveness and bitterness. 
We have to unclog, clear out the well of love. The world will change. Listen carefully. I'm just going to, I'm going to let you go, but I need you to hear me. The world won't change with just truth. The world will not change with just love. The world will only change when truth and love come together. Don't do it, Brother George, even though you're tempted. Don't do it. 1 Corinthians 13. I'm going to read you the Passion Translation, and then I'll let you go. Here it is. Love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle and constantly kind to all. It refuses to be jealous when blessings come to someone else. Love does not brag about one's achievements, nor inflate its own importance. Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect, nor selfishly seeks its own honor. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. I'm offended. Easily offended. That's not love. Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Love is a safe place of shelter. For it never stops believing the best for others. Love never takes failure as defeat. That right there is a tweet and a meme. Love never takes failure as defeat. Imagine you saying, I may have failed, but I'm not defeated. I may have fallen, but I'm not down forever. And then here it is, verse 8. This is from the Greek exeget, meaning the, the application in its original form. One version reads, love never fails. The Passion Translation puts it this way, from its original form, love never stops loving. If we unclog the wells of truth and love, then the well of living water will quench this thirsty world. Look up here for a second. I just don't want us to be people that come to church and get, yay, go get them, tiger. I really, I just, it doesn't make us any different than Anthony Robbins in motivational speaking. And God bless Anthony, he has a gift for that. He's, I, I love him, great gift. My point is that that's not, we need to be prophetically energized, but we have to be committed to, we have to be committed to removing the dirt that's been placed in the wells. And once we do that, then we can go there with a smile on our faces and dig up our own. I want you to get ready because we are about to see altar builders and well diggers like never before. You're about to go deeper. Go deeper. No shallow. How many are hungry to go deeper in Christ? No, I really mean it. How many like want more of God? Like how many have ever told God, there must be more? If you ever have had the conversation with God, you went, there, there, there must be more. If you've been there, raise both hands. If you're hungry for more of God, you're in the right place, first of all. You really are, and, and, and you're in the right mindset. Let me pray over you right now real quick. Father, in the name of Jesus, with, with your hands raised, with your hands raised. God, for every single person here who's not satisfied with the superficial and the shallow, for every well digger in the house, for everyone who is willing to dig deep and go beyond the dirt and the rubble,
rubble and the stones and the minutia of life. For those that are willing to go beyond the dirt and the rubble of the Philistines and even those that dirt and that rubble that has been placed by oneself. For everyone who is willing to go deep, so deep, so deep, until they impact and hit the aquifer and the water gushes out. Lord, I ask you right now for you to spring up the well in every life. I am speaking prophetically, God, and asking you in the name of Jesus by the authority of the Holy Spirit for you to spring up the well in every person, in every faith walk, in every marriage, in every home, in, in every career, dear God, in every ministry, in every gifting, spring up the well. Lord, I'm telling you to unclog it right now. Whatever the devil did, whatever the Philistines did, whatever we did to ourselves, Lord, I need you right now to unclog the wells. Let the spring water right now spring up the living water, not just any water. God God, we don't want any water. I don't even want Fiji water right now. I don't want Voss water. Dear God, I don't want Dasani. I don't want Aquafina. I want living water. I want Holy Ghost water. I want the water of life. I want the water of eternity. Spring it up, my God. Spring it up in the name of Jesus. Spring it up by the authority of your Holy Spirit. Spring it up with grace and love. In Jesus' name. And equip us. Equip us to unclog the wells of our spiritual forefathers, of our fathers in the faith, in the name of Jesus. Everybody repeat after me. From this moment on, I stand committed in the name of Jesus for the glory of the risen Christ to build altars and to dig up wells, including the wells of our spiritual forefathers, of our fathers in the faith, of our fathers and mothers in the faith. In the name of Jesus, beginning with the wells of truth and love. In Jesus' name, amen.